Hello on the sidelines, fans. I'm your host, Cameron Capobianco, and joining me today, one of my favorite goalies from the Toronto FC days of 2018, 2019, 2020, and so on. You know the rest. Quentin Westberg. Quentin, first of all, thank you so much for joining me and a historic moment as well as you are the first ever MLS player to appear on this uh, show. So welcome. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So before we get into where you are now at Atlanta United, before we get into the Toronto FC era, just want to start off with going back to your early roots and asking what made Quentin Westberg want to become a professional football player or soccer player, as we call it here in North America. Uh, growing up in the Paris area, you know, it's like uh, it's every kid's dream. And I wouldn't even say a dream. It's like a, a reason to live. You know, you play soccer every recess. You play soccer in the street. That's the way to to make friends that's the way to exist in your community that's the way to yeah just to, to have the a very active social life you know and when you're a kid you're you know you're always pushed and you're always wanting to do these things so soccer is i mean people walk around with soccer balls in their hands you know going to school everything so it was just it was just naturally that you know i just starting started playing every day then you play for a club and then you know uh, so on and so forth you know Absolutely. Yeah, I remember those days too. Like you mentioned, recess me as a kid too, playing soccer. Either it was like a snow day or something on the pavement. We always get a ball and kick it around, whatever it was. But for you, was it always that you want to play goalie, or was there a position that you want to play, like striker, midfielder, defender? No, for me, it was always clear. I was a I was a goalkeeper in club soccer, but any other way it was on the field and it was more up the field it was i was always either a number 10 or a striker or playing anywhere i could but in goal uh to, to from from a very early age i really loved the resp responsibility of being a goalkeeper i really loved the position but it needed to be organized and settled and i i, I just didn't want to be a keeper anywhere i was a, a keeper when we had a jersey when there was responsibilities when there was organization when there was it was almost like, you know, soccer has always been my, my go-to sport. But as soon as it became serious, I was a keeper. As soon as it was pick up all over the all over the place, playing on the streets, anywhere else, it's always on the field. Absolutely. So let's get into your early soccer days back home in France. You played in Ligue 1 in France, one of the big five leagues. So for you, what was it like playing not just for your home league in France, especially Ligue 1, but also playing in a one of the big five leagues you know you have the prem you have bundesliga Serie A, la liga and then of course there's Liga. so what was that like it's when you when you grow up uh in france and you go through the academy system and uh you have this path you don't really think about your league as being a, a top five league you just think of the the league you're in and the club you play for like you know the, the target and the goal for you to play, you know, it's it, it's more like that. It's not like I was thinking I was playing in a top league or in a, in a, in a top country. It was just, it, it was a normal um, progression, I would say, because I grew up in that environment. I left, uh, I left uh, my parents' home when I was 13. So from that, from that age um, on, I played soccer every day in, a professional environment in a very structured and a very competitive environment also where every year there were kids that were cut where you know us as teenagers we we grew up in an academy surrounded by 50 60 of uh, of your peers that are competing with you but also your best friends and still some of the closest people i i have in my life uh, as of now the, you know 20 25 years down the road so 
yeah, it's a it's a big change, but it's a it's a goal, it's a target over over a, an accomplishment or even a dream. You know, you need to materialize it with the with the with achieving that goal. So when let's jump into the first signing you made in MLS, which was obviously what we're going to talk about now is Toronto FC. What was that initial reaction for you when you signed the contract and came over from France to play? First of all, in Canada for the MLS. Well, Toronto has had a history of having a, a few French players, some of them that I know, that I knew at the time, I still know. So plus following MLS and myself being French-American, I always had a, a, a little eye on, on, on how the league was developing, you know, in, in a few transfer windows. I had some contacts at some points. So I always had, you know, uh, kind of an intrigued uh, look on the league and I knew how some clubs were standing out and Toronto being one of them. So when I had the opportunity, I felt um, I felt it was it was a great one both for me for the playing style that Toronto was uh, was trying to, to play and also for my family because uh, it's part of us, it's part of me, North America. I mean, uh, my father is American. North America is part of me, and I wanted to, to share that with my family also. So it, 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 I felt it came at, at that moment where it was relevant for me to to sign for for an exciting club, uh, for to live in a in a great city, a great country, and also. I had a great, you know, conversation and great feel for for what the football would look like there, you know, for the playing style, for how I was going to be used and uh, and the goals and targets that, that were put in place. So it felt like it was the, the right move. I just want to stick on what you mentioned, their playing style. When you played in France and also a little bit in Norway as well, did you find that when you first came over here, were there any differences in the playing style between European soccer or football and North American football? There's so many different playing styles within French teams. I mean, I've played for teams. I, I grew up um, coming out of Clairefontaine Academy from 13 to 16, and it's basically all based on technique and, you know, taking good care of the ball and, you know, understanding and, and playing and sharing the ball. It's like... It's like the cradle of uh, of soccer IQ, and uh, and then I was in Trois, where same thing, you know, it, it was more technical and 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 tactical than physical traditionally. But then I played for other clubs with under other coaches that were way more direct, and also sometimes you know you need to um, to adapt to the to the personnel. And in France, there's a there's a whole lot of very athletic players, very direct, very fast, and gifted forwards or even defenders that you you have to to adapt to. So I mean, not only in France, a little bit in Norway also. But I've been in teams that have played all kinds of different football. And even at that moment, um, I felt more comfortable in some clubs with some playing styles than others, although within the same league. Absolutely. So how did this kind of all help prepare you for the your first time in the MLS? Adaptability. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, you can't... Uh, I've been a professional soccer player, I think, for 18 years now, and it hasn't been uh, in in any ways the same path and the same experience going from one club to another, and even sometimes in the same club, just you know, a change of coach, a change in mentality, a change in in ideas, and 
you need to adapt to enjoy your time, to survive, to do well, to keep going, to keep doing what you love. So adaptability is um, is something you develop over time, and it's a strength of mine to to a certain extent that after a while you understand what environment you are good in and what environments could suit you best, right? So then it's making the right decisions when there's a decision to make. So yes, adaptability and also the the love for the game, you know, understanding that, yes, there's a certain way that you enjoy it the most. And you know what, when you enjoy what you do, usually you do well. Absolutely. So let's just jump into that first MLS run for you, where your first year, funny enough, was Toronto FC going all the way to the MLS Cup Finals, facing the Seattle Sounders for the third time. And also going through the Eastern Conference final against your current team, now Atlanta United. So for you, what was that run like heading up, leading up to the finals? Like what was going through your head as you were getting set to play in the MLS Cup finals? Mm, It wasn't anything special, but just um, the materialization of a great group and a great uh, mind that Greg Vanny is. For, for 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 the game, for the idea that he had, uh, for the playing style that he wanted us to adopt, and for how the the group uh, came together, you know, it was a lot of the um, a, a big a big part of the group was that group that had been together since 2015, 16, 17, 18, but also in 2019 there was there, there was a lot of newcomers like Ale Pozuelo, like Nick De Leon, like. Um, Lolo Simon, uh, Richie, Larea, you know, we were a bunch to come in and I think we we were welcomed in a way that we could have an immediate impact and uh, and 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 maybe you know um, create this second great run for the club and uh, es- establish a playing style that was a little different from all the the big personalities that were there before using the experience of the guys that were still there, you know, and it was just, it was just a fantastic year because we started off, uh, it, it was pretty difficult. The results weren't great, but we, we stuck with it and, uh, and, and we stayed true to our playing style, you know, and, and, and our playing style and our fundamentals were what took us there because it, it gave us certainty and, you know, whatever was happening, we, we were playing a certain way and then we bonded as a team and then when the playoffs came came around the corner, we, it was just uh, the the you know the it, it just um, not clicked, but it was just an adventure that you know it was almost like we were on pause and we we're just you know taking one game after the other and performing and then performing and performing and it was just yeah, it was one of these fun runs where you feel like you play with family. So what was it like playing with guys like Alejandro Pozuelo and then even jumping to last season? You guys, you brought, they brought in Lorenzo Insigne, Federico Bernardeschi, Domenico Cristico, all these guys, like three of them who have seen European football, Alejandro Pozuelo, but also you mix in the local guys like Jonathan Osorio, Mark Anthony K. So what, what has it been like playing with all these guys for Toronto FC? But also how did this kind of blend together to make the great chemistry that you guys had? Well, it's, uh, it's different because uh, Lorenzo Insigne, Mark Anthony K., are new additions and uh, they're part of the present. Ali Pozuelo is part of the future. Myself, same thing. You know, so it was it was a different group back then and than it is now. It's true that now 
uh, the, the the focus has been on on yeah on on bringing back or bringing very experienced or talented uh, squad. It's just it's like every other club, you know. I'm I'm grateful for for every experience, and there's you know there's always a sense of group over the individual. So you know I think even individuals do better when they feel they're in a strong group over having to lead or carry or exist uh, in a group that is not as strong. So, yeah, I mean, if we go back to Alejandro Pozuelo, I think he had two fantastic years in 2019 and 2020 because he felt he was at his place and he was used in the best way possible for the team and for the club. And that was fun to, to share that adventure and eventually lead him to winning MLS MVP in 2020, you know, and that's that's a lot of pleasure because, of course, the, the individual um uh, laurels are, are are for one individual, but he was extremely grateful, and he made sure we felt it was our trophy. Also, you know, he he always had that um, that that way to, to thank you in his very own way. But his personality, and he knew he wasn't doing it on his own. And playing style, and 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 the group that we had, and the bond that we had, uh, was a lot uh, in, in that equation. Absolutely. So another player that you played with, and. Well, I want to get into this because on Atlanta United, now you change your number from 16 to number 31, which is the number of one of your former teammates of Toronto FC, Subasa Endo. What kind of impact did that man have on your career? And what was the reason, I guess, the reason for being that you want to go to 31, I assume, was for him? Oh, it was 100% for him. It's uh, Suba is one of these guys that, you know, um, you share a competitive environment and it's very demanding and soccer in general you, you you come across a lot of people but Suba was one of these uh, these guys that stand out at least uh, to me and I know a lot of people really really care and cared for him in Toronto a lot of guys know the impact he had on the team he, he was a guy that you know moved from Japan uh, and and went to American College didn't have a blissful path in Toronto. He was in the first team, back with the second team, and back in the first team considered most of the time a, a substitute at the start of the seasons. And the time I was there, he would always end up in, in being a starter. And he would do it in such a classy way and being such a great teammate all, all the time. And he would give a full effort every single day on top of his amazing abilities. And not take anything for himself or want more than he was such a, a such a team player and such a fun guy to be around that yeah when uh, when I hear a guy like this uh, uh, is hit with you know medical hardship uh, let's uh, you know he has uh, acute leukemia it, it it hurts and you want to be there for him and he's back in Japan surrounded with his family and sometimes facetiming him once a week is not enough you want to do more you want to you want to show him support and you know i've I, i've been with him every stage of the way when he when he you know when he would you know get a sense that something was wrong and waiting for diagnosis and then went up and down and back you know it, it, there was a lot of uncertainty it was a very hard moment for him but in that process i, I just want him to feel that he's not alone and just carrying 31 even if he was just, you know, if he was in perfect health, just wearing it because he did is just a prime, you know, thought. And just he was he's one of the best guys I've ever met in that in, in, in that industry. And he's he's family to me, to us and to a lot of guys. I have so many good memories with him that, you know, it's a way for me to, to tell him he's with me every day when I step onto the field because I know 
the the, the first thing he he wants to go back to is playing soccer. So it, it's a way to to carry him with, with me, and also for me, I'm not a huge. Uh, I, I never complain all that much, but it's 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 a good. Um, yeah, it's a good wake up call. Like you know, uh, one of your closest friends would love to be on the field wherever that is. So don't complain about a single thing and just you know do it for him. If you're not, if you're going to be too stupid to, to to do it for yourself. Absolutely. So as you guys get set for your second game of this MLS season, your second game for you especially is against your former team Toronto FC for the first time since signing with Atlanta United. So what's going through your head as you get set for Saturday's matchup against your former club? Uh, it's you know Toronto is part of my history, my family's history, and it's uh, it's four years I will be eternally grateful for. But uh, I've moved on in a way that you know for Saturday there's no feelings. I'll be extremely happy to see uh, to see everyone there. You know, so many people that are very close to my heart. But I'll be happy after the game with three points. You know, it's uh, it's it's a cutthroat industry. Um, I want I want what's best for for my club and and uh, and for my team. So it, it's all about competition till it's over and and, and I get to, to 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 shake hands and 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 hug all the the people that I that I love and that I'm grateful that I've uh, you know crossed path with. Absolutely. So I forgot to ask you this earlier, but it could tie into now too, especially considering your current playing time was there ever a time in soccer or football where you just felt nervous before a game and if so how did you overcome it oh, i mean being nervous i i cherish these moments where i feel nervous because this is where the prep that you you do during the week and the commitment that you have you've had throughout a career kicks in this is where you need it and this is the certainty that you can rely on is your commitment and your work ethic and what you do to prepare yourself. So before every game, I go get that little anxiety. It's my security. It means I'm tuned in. It means I'm focused. It means I'm I'm ready to go. The, 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 the scariest part is when I'm not, because maybe I don't care as much, or maybe I'm not ready, or I don't know what's to come, you know? And especially in a position like goalkeeper, where you have a lot of the eyes on you when the ball gets close to the box and the responsibility that it... Um, engages i mean it's it's what i love about the about the game and anxiety and stress and is is definitely part of it but also preparation and and confidence and personality and playing style is is also these um these attributes that you can uh, rely on when you need them the most so it's it's fun it's fun balancing these emotions and this is why i'm still i'm still playing and still you know, competing is because I, I love to feel uncomfortable. So, and my last question for you, Quinn, before I let you go is, I always ask this is, what are some pieces of advice you can give to younger kids, younger adults who want to follow in your footsteps and play at the MLS level or even play over in France like you did? I love what you do and don't compare yourself. Just know that, you know, there's a, there's a right mentality and there's a right uh, commitment to the sport. Respect the game. Respect, uh, you know, behave well. In, in, in that ways and and just love it because when you love it you'll be you'll be committed if you're committed you'll improve if you're improved you'll perform and if you perform you'll be you'll be wanted i mean clubs will want to have you on your team and but don't compare yourself either to what's out there or 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 among your teammates do your thing because i think what's great about soccer is we can all have our own little identity it's just understanding 
you know, what's the best fit for you? What's the best playing style? What's the best club? And it's being smart in those decisions. But knowing your attributes, knowing how you perform and how you can perform the most and, and, and making sure you're as much as you can in an environment that allows this to happen, that's really important. But to, to start with, it's like be committed and especially love it, you know, just love the game. Absolutely. Well, Quinn, I want to thank you so much again for joining me on this episode of On the Sidelines. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this with the crazy schedule, your upcoming game on Saturday, and good luck Saturday against your former club. Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. Take care. You too. Guys, Quentin Westberg of Atlanta United, former Toronto FC goalkeeper. I'm Cameron Capobianco, and we'll catch you guys next time.